If the schools or the education sector was budgeting adequately and recognizing that water, sanitation, and hygiene are key components of delivering education outcomes and therefore very important, you would imagine that they would want to budget for and make provisions for toilets, hygiene, and water in the schools. But that's not the case. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to Wash Works, a podcast from DevEx about how a lack of water, sanitation and hygiene impacts the everyday lives of billions of people around the world and what can be done about it. I'm Amrita Vyatnal. I'm an associate editor at DevEx. And on this podcast, I do what I do best. Ask questions to Rebecca. And I'm Rebecca, reporter and senior associate with DevEx. And I cover water and sanitation and hygiene out of Bangkok. On this podcast and each episode, we've looked at WASH and one other SDG. So far, we've covered climate change, peace, gender and health. And on this episode, our last one, we're talking education. That's right, Sustainable Development Goal 4. And what we're asking is how does a lack of WASH affect a child's ability to learn? And in 2021, why don't all schools have toilets and handwashing facilities? These are all things we want to know. We want to know who is making these decisions. Who are the people on the table when it's decided that schools do not have things like taps and toilets? Yeah, this is something we actually looked into a little bit last year. And the data showed that prior to the pandemic, two in five schools worldwide lacked basic handwashing facilities. 37% of schools didn't have a decent toilet and 43% had nowhere for pupils to wash their hands with soap and water. So it's not just, you know, one or two schools here and there. It really is a, a widespread problem. And do you think the pandemic has changed that at all? I mean, it's hard to say. It's definitely something that both professionals in the education space and the WASH space were advocating for. And even just after that first lockdown, when pupils were starting to go back to schools, um, WHO Director General Tedros did come out with a statement calling for it to be addressed so that children were going to schools where they had the you know the utmost hygiene measures in place to stave off the virus. Um, but yeah, someone who can maybe shed a little bit more light on whether that's changed at all over the last few years is Ada Okawili. She is the senior wash manager of sanitation at WaterAid, but also the co-founder of African Women's Sanitation Professionals Network. You cannot achieve full educational outcomes without water, sanitation and hygiene, especially at the lower levels of education, at the primary, the pre-primary, primary and secondary levels of education. WASH is critical to attaining any educational outcomes. And it sounds, yeah, as you say, you know, it sounds so obvious and so critical an element to have in schools. But um, I know that research says that prior to the pandemic, that's two in five schools worldwide didn't have like handwashing facilities, for example. What do you think the barriers are to making sure that there are those facilities in schools? It starts with the critical line of investments, budgeting for and making available resources to ensure that proper education outcomes are achieved and also recognizing the contribution wash makes in that like when you're planning for education, we're very quick to put up the classroom infrastructure. Okay, you have schools that are typically not in else but classrooms and teachers and students. 
So that's all you have in terms of infrastructure. If the schools or the education sector was budgeting adequately and recognizing that water, sanitation, and hygiene are key components of delivering education outcomes and therefore very important, you would imagine that they would want to budget for and make provisions for toilets, hygiene, and water in the schools, but that's not the case. So for me, that's a critical um, factor that needs to be addressed. Um, so if if budgets is one of the biggest issue, obviously access to more finance sounds like a great solution. Um, so, but is that is there is there first of all access to more financing for this, um, or is it just a case of that the schools need to better prioritize the money that they've already got? From a, an, a multi-country evaluation that we did for our programs across East Africa um, some few years back, one of the things we realized is, and why the emphasis is also on budgeting, especially from the education sector, is that there isn't even enough to take care of the formal education provision in the schools. In terms of per capita, what the school, what some countries were budgeting for a child's education. For example, I think at the time in, Ken in, in Uganda, they were getting about um, four shillings per child for managing the school. And how much can four shillings go per month per child in terms of um, a provision of uh, access to even um, the learning, the, the teaching and the classroom activity, let alone the supporting infrastructure and services that are supposed to bring about this holistic education. So that's why I think a critical part is financing and investment that needs to increase and increase, especially also for WASH because of the attendant benefit that it brings. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and obviously we've kind of been in the midst of a pandemic for the last uh, year and a half and children across the world have started to go back to school. Do you think COVID-19 has put that um, kind of need for budgeting right now and the need for more financing, the urgency, has it highlighted the urgency of addressing this issue? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think so. And then I work in um, currently my colleagues in uh, Mozambique. Uh, last year, the government of Mozambique committed some significant amount of resources to providing water in schools across its primary and secondary schools in the country. And that was fantastic, fantastic initiative. But that also came on the heels of, you know, the pandemic. But we're working with them to support the government of um, Mozambique to really use that investment beyond just putting physical infrastructure on ground. They are great. Access to water is really, really important in terms of reducing um, the risk of infection of not just COVID, but other you know, diseases that come along at this time. I know that Dr. Tedros at the WHO had called on governments to make the implementation of WASH services in schools a key part of strategies um, around COVID and the operation of reopening schools. And aside from Mozambique, are you confident that that's going to happen? Are you already seeing that happening or are you worried that you know that's perhaps not going to be enough? To be honest and straightforward, it's not enough. But we're happy, very happy that you know, like the government of Mozambique is demonstrating that leadership in terms of increasing its investment and focus on schools settings during this pandemic in response to, of course, the call by WHO. So that's kind of like a flagship. We're watching the space and supporting the space as much as possible. But that alone, the government's investment alone is not going to cut it. We will need more investment from other actors 
you know, to support uh, Mozambique. Um, whatever they've put in place will not be able to cover the entire country to the extent that every child, you know, in school or out of school have access to wash facilities. It's not enough. There's, there's still room for, for more to be done. And really using this opportunity to call on other governments to explore this some more. Reduce your military spending, for instance, <laughs> and put that into education, you know, and also um, work more collaboratively. Let the responsible ministries take full responsibility for them. The school setting is where it's an intersectional, it brings about an intersectionality of different sectors, really. You know, it's different sectors come to play. And that's important that all of the participating sector in the school environment are budgeting, are actively understanding the role that WASH plays in delivering education outcomes. So for example, the, the Ministry of um, Youth and Social Development needs to be, it should understand that it's critical that wash considerations are considered in schools. Otherwise, how do you achieve youth development outcomes? Absolutely. And what kind of other um, recommendations would you have for those working in the development sector, perhaps the wash space specifically, about how they can help ensure that schools really are factoring in these really vital facilities? Okay, so I would start with, first of all, um, asking that we also take that responsibility that wherever we work as um, development support agencies or actors, that we're sure that we're delivering, you know, working comprehensively, looking at the big picture and not just going in to do, you know, I'm a WASH specialist and so I just go in and I'm just attacking the matter of WASH because for education, the issues are very, very linked. There's a lot of intersectionality around delivering education. And that intersectionality brings me to an example, which also is a personal, you know, that resonates with me personally. So it, it's the project we have in India, I think it's in um, Madhya Pradesh, the state of Madhya Pradesh, where we're working in partnership with UNICEF. And this project, you know, it's across 500 schools. So we're working within these schools to provide water sanitation hygiene, but then the approach we're taking is beyond just the infrastructure. It's teaching also or training these young people to be able to operate, maintain and manage their water sanitation and hygiene facilities. You know what, that provides another whole level of education, which is beyond the regular one set in the curriculum. It's offering life skills. They're able to do minor repairs themselves. In terms of menstrual hygiene, they have access to information. They have access to, you know, um, absorbent materials, sanitary towels, really. So basically, thinking beyond just the facility you drop, but let the child in the school, the young woman in the school, be the center, or the young boy in the school, be the center of whatever you're designing and how you're delivering. I went to a school like that, run by Catholic nuns. And we were an all-girls school, but we had to do all of that. <laughs> now it resonates when I'm in this role and kind of gave me the confidence to be able to handle some of the more mechanical things that people would think only boys do, or only boys can do. Like handle a spanner, the hand pump is not pumping that morning, sister comes along and everyone gets to work on it. So I know the benefit of that firsthand. That was so interesting and it's still bizarre to me that there is not a budget for wash in schools. 
and to think that schools can still be built today and no one has thought about adding a toilet and what it might cost is something that you know doesn't quite fit into the fact that we're so clued into you know both education and wash in the general development sense I know it's it was kind of almost forgivable when you thought oh well maybe these were schools built hundreds of years ago and there's just not money to to kind of add on an extension but the fact that today schools are being built and no one's factoring in well where do we add such facilities is just kind of mind-boggling so yeah that's a great first step that ministries can make just simply putting money aside for it that you know that top level Um, and surely when they hear all of the negative impacts that can come about from just not having somewhere to wash your hands somewhere to go to to go to go to the toilet and surely that's enough to kind of incite some action yes absolutely and particularly for girls right we talked about this in our episode on wash and gender about how the lack of facilities has a disproportionate impact on girls and especially girls of the school going age and now that i think about it i feel like it must be harder for people in the rural areas yeah, absolutely. Um, and so there's an organization, they're called the Development Organization of the Rural Poor, and they're an NGO in Bangladesh, and they specifically work, work with people from low-income contexts, and that might be people living in a rural area, but also women, children, excluded communities to improve their socioeconomic conditions. Right, and is WASH in schools part of their work? Yeah, they have lots of other activities that kind of come under their mandate, but WASH in schools is a big part of what they do. Um, and so we were joined by Mohammed Sober Hassan, the chief of DORP, just to tell us a little bit more about the challenges that there are in trying to implement WASH facilities at a local level. Obviously, we've just heard from Ada about um, the challenges at that higher top level, but what are organizations like DORP doing um, to improve access to washing facilities and what are the barriers that they're coming up against? Mostly in our country, water facilities, uh, apart from urban areas, uh, mainly depends on the water points, that hand pumps. And hand pumps are mainly uh, located in the, in the school premises uh, and most of the schools have only one hand pumps. If the hand pumps are available, then it also um, uh, issue of the accessibility of the students because um, one hand pump are not covering the all students uh, equally. So the school management committee, as well as the guardians of the schools and also the uh, related authority who are service provider uh, on behalf of the government to the schools, they need to be um, discussed and work together to plan a school wash systems, water sanitation hygiene system. That is very important. So under this school wash, already Ministry of uh, Education, Ministry of Local Government and Ministry of Planning working together at the central level of the country. So hopefully uh, by this 2030, we are expecting that this water sanitation hygiene in schools will uh, will be covered uh, very soon. Great, thank you. And and tell, talk to me a little bit about what um, DORP, your organization's role, is encouraging this is in encouraging this collaboration and helping schools to make sure that they've got access to wash facilities. We tried to facilitate these three conditions at the school levels so that schools can uh, realize their um, uh, bottlenecks and their um, uh, gaps 
and their commitment in relation to the improvement of uh, water sanitation and hygiene at school. For example, in South Belt of Bangladesh, we have addressed uh, 30 schools altogether, and we have tried to engage the school management committee, uh, local um, government, which call um, Union Purishod, which is the lowest tier of the local government systems, then uh, public health engineering department, which is the one of the uh, service providers of the country for rural water sanitation hygiene and the guardian so that these multi-stakeholders uh, including the duty bearers and right holders sit together and um, uh, discuss the each of the school's problem and we have seen that there are uh, five aspects they have discussed and those five aspects mainly uh, uh, related to the quality of sanitation facilities, menstrual hygiene management, building of addi uh, additional toilets, gender and inclusion, and broader participation, including awareness raising among the community as well as the uh, students. And lastly, but not least, that's allocation of budget for the whole uh, process. And we have found that menstrual hygiene management is not properly addressed at those schools because during the uh, menstrual uh, period of the students, girl students, they don't willing to go to the school uh, at the particular time due to the not having the proper water and sanitation facilities. So this is one of the important aspects we have found that uh, uh, MHM friendly toilets is very important to establish at the school level for which a uh, proper budget allocation is important and uh, uh, mostly uh, from the local government support as well as the Department of Public Health Engineering. And we have also found that uh, gender and inclusion issue is also very much important to realized by the school management committee so that's why we are providing uh, a lot of campaign support tools uh, introduction training to the school management committee students uh, and also the local government and in that case we have also tried to engage the uh, media personnel at the local level so that this can be shared with other people it should be open to all. It should be transparent and um, uh, sharing level must be very high at very uh, at the school to the uh, decision making level. At the initial stage, there are a lot of uh, challenges to uh, introduce these integrity aspects at the school level. But over the last two three years, we have seen the school management committee and the local government had realized that integrity uh, issues uh, are really important to having a sustainable school wash uh, system. Through those actions, have you seen any successes yet? Already we have seen that um, in each schools have allocated separate wash budget. And secondly, we have also seen that uh, in each of the schools, there are uh, adequate uh, hand washing 
facilities have been established, uh, toilet cleaning solutions. And the third uh, result we have seen that now uh, school management committee are uh, sitting with the local government as well as the guardians of the students quarterly basis or sometimes uh, bi-monthly basis to uh, discuss about the uh, progress of the school wash as well as the report sharing that how much they have allocated and how much they have spent etc and what would be some of the key lessons that you've learned through your time in working with schools and with local government to improve wash in in education facilities well um, according to our findings or what we have uh, seen in the ground the service providers for the schools are not well connected so this is very important that who is responsible for the uh, school wash facilities that should be very clear among the service providers as well as the service recipient in this case service recipient is the schools so we have seen that regular discussion among the service providers and service recipients is important to uh, overcome this type of problem this is one secondly the uh, definitely there should have a budget for water sanitation hygiene perfect thank you and, and finally would you have a call to action for the development community around wash and um, access to it in schools yes i think um, uh, from my experience and also what we have seen that participatory discussion is very important. The local level schools actually need the systematic approach. And this systematic approach only uh, can be developed or only can be established if the local service providers, for example, Department of Public Health Engineering, uh, Union Purishod, Upozela Purishod, and also the schools sit together and respond to each other. And in that case, international development community can uh, focus on the, uh, uh, on the mutual accountability issues and also uh, focus on uh, mobilization of the civil society in the whole process. Wow, we keep coming back to this again and again and the resounding message that I got even from this interview that there is a need for budgeting and there's a disproportionate impact on the lack of facilities in schools on girls. And you know, like the fact that the ministries are just like not talking to each other. Absolutely. And it's not just budgeting for new facilities, but it's actually investing in the maintenance of the existing ones. It sounds like there's a real issue with you know, poor quality facilities, facilities that are kind of just falling apart because they're old and no one's been maintaining them, as well as obviously this massive issue that in some places there just isn't any facilities at all. Yeah, and it was great that Mohammed could share more on how to go about actually changing this. So engaging media to raise awareness on the issues, definitely one. Having school committees, talking to students and their parents and guardians is another. And that brings us to an issue that we've talked about on this podcast so much. And that is of, you know, including communities while designing programs and like going and talking to them about what they want and what their needs are and how to actually, uh, you know, incorporate those in, in the design of it. 
Yeah, I, I, as you said, it's something that's come up in, in all of our conversations. And I think what a, a continuous theme has been, like, you know, this lack of awareness. And surely when you break it down and you, you say to people, you know, there are schools that don't have toilets. If people could put themselves in the position of those children and imagine going to work for eight hours and not having access to a toilet, you'd think that would be enough to spark some action. So hopefully through this podcast, we've been able to shine a bit of a light on how WASH does intersect with all of these big issues and just a simple intervention at that level will surely have multiple gains across the whole sustainable development agenda. Yes, absolutely. That is uh, our hope that, you know, in the last five episodes where we've tackled, you know, different areas of development and their connection with WASH, the idea that WASH is not this forgotten thing and it has such a big impact on the big questions of our day and the big problems that we're solving, we're trying to solve today, uh, sort of gets highlighted in its own little way. Yeah, and it's definitely something that we're going to be continuing to cover at DevEx. Obviously, we have our WashWork series that's ongoing for a little bit longer. So do feel free to check that out at washworks.devex.com to go back and listen to our other episodes if you haven't already. And always feel free to reach out um, to DevEx if you have anything that you think that we should be covering in terms of Wash. It remains a really important topic for us. And thank you all so much for listening to WashWorks. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did creating it. And that's goodbye from me and Rebecca for now. But do stay tuned for more news about new podcasts from DevX.